Welcome back to Why Two Kids. My name is Patrick. My name is Taylor. And before we get into our Halloween spooktacular Roseanne specials episode, we have to address the fact that normally we have snacks on the show, our nostalgic snacks. Of course, eating things from our childhood, our childhood as we've called it, 95 to 2005. That's sort of the era that we're choosing our shows and our snacks However, this time, no snack, because we spent the past weekend in my hometown, and one of the things that we've talked about doing before on this show is when we are in each other's hometowns, taking uh, the other person to a place that we would go to a lot as a kid, uh, a restaurant specifically, and a place that um, sort of means something to us, maybe we don't really go to anymore because we don't live there, right? Not really the the... Taco Bells and Pizza Huts of the world, like specific town specific things that only exist where you are from. So although um, you won't know this place, it means a lot to me. And uh, it was one of my favorite restaurants as a kid. And I took Taylor to K&W Cafeteria. K&W Cafeteria. Taylor, explain to the nice folks at home what exactly K&W Cafeteria is. So let me paint the picture for you. We pull up, and it's Sunday afternoon, about 12 p.m. We are in Patrick's smallish suburban hometown. And there is a mega bus parked out front of this cafeteria with churchgoers. Just Mm -hmm. to paint the scene for the kind of demographic that's at this cafeteria. And when he said it's a cafeteria, or like as I'm I, as I'm recognizing that it's K and W cafeteria, which I knew Patrick did not tell me where we were going, um, and I never could have like said, oh, I bet it's K and W cafeteria off of like recall memory, but he has mentioned K and W cafeteria many, many, many times, so like I knew it existed. What I expected was like a golden corral where you know like food is available for you to serve yourself. Uh, Yeah, like a buffet. And I couldn't have been more wrong. It is a cafeteria like you're in school. Like you're in elementary school. Um, And you go through and these people that could have been eligible for retirement 40 years ago are serving you food. Not a single person gets the salad. I mean, they just don't. They just all, no, no. What she means by that is you grab your tray at the beginning, your wet tray, because they washed it down, and you, and you take it down the line, and you start with your salads, and then you go into the entrees, and then the veggies and sides, and then soups, and then breads, drinks, desserts, uh, they ring you up, and then uh, you go and you have a seat in the dining room, you enjoy your meal. So that's sort of the order. Uh, when I was a kid... Uh, I, I recreated my meal yesterday from when I was a kid. I didn't really realize this at the time because I was a stupid little kid. Uh, but now I realize that I re- must have really liked cheese because what I would get as a kid would be uh, the baked spaghetti. That was my entree. And then my two sides were macaroni and cheese, <laughs> just more pasta. Uh, broccoli with cheese sauce. I would get um, a chocolate cream pie for dessert 
and then normally some sort of soda. I don't drink soda anymore. So yesterday it was lemonade. I didn't want to go the water route. I had to do something. I was at KNW, of course, a special occasion. Um, and so yeah, I just I just recreated my meal from when I was a little boy, and um, it was uh, it was delicious. Yeah, when so Patrick was like, I have to recreate it. I have to recreate it, and he kept saying like, you're gonna notice a common theme here, and I was like, what the hell does he mean by that? And then it it became very clear that the theme was pasta and cheese. Um, I was really nervous when we walked in because I do not eat red meat or pork. And that is what keeps this demographic of America alive, if we're just being honest. Um, and so I was like, God, what are they going to have? They did have some options for me. They had like turkey with gravy, which I couldn't trust the gravy not to have some other remnants of meat, mystery meat in there. Um, so I didn't get that. They had like baked chicken. They had fried chicken, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, so I settled on the chicken tenders. And these things were the size of my head. And she gave me three of them. They were huge. I was really, really overwhelmed with just the vast amount of options. And I got a lot of food. So I'm just going to be upfront. I do not normally indulge and eat this much food. I did not finish this food. Patrick had to help me. But I got a lot. So here's the rundown of what I got. Chicken tenders that were the size of my head. With honey mustard, of course. The superior dipping sauce. Great crunch. Great flavor huge to a to a fault that's my rating on those i'll give them overall like a like a seven out of ten seven and a half out of ten i got hush puppies that were a solid 10 out of 10 perfectly crunchy on the outside perfectly soft on the inside great flavor nice and sweet delicious those are the first two things I got. Then, to go along with Patrick's kids' meal, because I figured I should I should have the, the things that I'm able to get. I can't eat the spaghetti because it has hamburger in it, but I could get the mac and cheese and the, the broccoli with cheese sauce, so I got those two things. Mac and cheese was not my thing. It was really mushy and felt very overcooked, and I would say it was, it, it was, like, a, it was like a 3 or 4 out of 10 for me. It was not very good. Um, the cheese was kind of chunky, too. Um, Patrick is shaking his head. Do you do you care to elaborate? It's delicious because it's what I had when I was a kid. Fair enough. The broccoli with cheese sauce was um, not the best-looking thing. The cheese instantly hardens on the broccoli, which is a little alarming. But it was a solid 6 out of 10. I mean, it was actually pretty good. Um, and then I couldn't pass up... And if you're from the South, you know how good this is. Fried okra. And let me tell you, that fried okra hit the spot. It was, I mean, 9 out of 10. It was so good. I never, ever, ever get to have fried okra in Baltimore, and it was amazing. Um, and then I think that's all I got for food. Oh, no, I got some I got some bread. I'm a little bit of a bread snob, um, so I just had to try it. I got a roll. Um, I had like a dinner roll and I was very disappointed, like a three out of 10. And then I got a, um, cornbread, which I was hoping would be nice sweet cornbread. Cause I'm partial to sweet cornbread over like the corn mealy cornbread. It was not my, my cup of tea, but it was fine. It was like a solid two and a half out of 10 for dessert. I got a coconut cream pie, um, uh, four out of 10, not great. I didn't realize it was coconut. I thought it was lemon meringue. It's really just jello on bread, if we're being honest. All of the pies were just 
jello on bread um with whipped cream on top do you agree no i i tried yours and it was gross it was also jello on bread so i think you're just biased probably i really wanted a coke but i'm trying to be healthy and i was already eating enough fried food to last me the next six months uh so i decided to just opt for water um and yeah it was a good experience it was the food was a lot better than i was expecting we got a lot of looks um everybody was in their sunday best and i was in sweatpants because we had a five-hour drive ahead of us and collectively we were still the youngest if we were combined our ages we would still have been the youngest person there voluntarily right there were some some little kids there and stuff brought by their grandparents after church and stuff um but you know probably not up to them uh we were the young i guess really just me though because wasn't really voluntary for you um but yeah i'm gonna give my meal overall um a nine out of ten and about six and a half of those points come solely from nostalgia i took one bite of my big spaghetti and i was an eight-year-old boy again I'm glad to hear that. Like, that makes me happy that you have things like that that you get to experience and it, like, really takes you back. That genuinely, like, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that I got to experience K&W Cafeteria. Um, Patrick's friend calls it Canes and Walkers. Not the name. I don't... Do you know what K&W stands for? No clue. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also really special because this is where Patrick's grandma used to take him. And, um, yeah, so just very special all around. You you called KW something. What did you say that it stood for? I said cold and wet. <laughs> because the I said oh I said, Oh, the tray's wet and he said, Yeah, all of them are wet. And I said, Excuse me? And he said, All of them are soaking wet and I was like, Oh Um, the cold is not accurate, the wet is accurate. When you when you were in the in the restroom on the way out, I was reading like they you know, they framed a newspaper article. Somebody wrote about their experience at KW a few years ago, and one of the things was like, and then you grab your wet tray, because that's just what you do. They're always wet. Yeah, actually, thank you for bringing up the bathroom. Um, I have to just quickly <laughs> take a few points off, because I've never had this happen to me before. I was in the bathroom, in the stall, doing my business, as one does in the stall, and, and the woman who was changing the toilet paper in the stalls ordered me to come out <laughs> so that she could finish changing the toilet paper even though I was like using the <laughs> using the bathroom and I did I like why did I do that why did I let her bully me into leaving the bathroom I don't I don't know but I was just so flabbergasted that someone would tell me while I'm in the stall using the bathroom to get out so that she can do her job um but <laughs> Yeah, I have to take off some points. That's not that's no southern charm that I know. You were in her way. What what more can I say? That reminds me of a story that I won't tell now, but if literally one person requests it, I will I will tell this story about the time that I accidentally made a little boy poop in a urinal. Can I request it? No. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> it sounds like he bullied him into this. Uh it it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Uh, if one person requests it, we can avenge Patrick or villainize him, whatever you guys want. I, I tend to prefer to villainize him, but that's just me. Um, all right, Patrick, what are we watching this week? 
Roseanne. Roseanne, but specifically, I said this on last week's episode, the holiday episodes. I would never choose Roseanne separately, but it was something that we watched. I think that you watched. I'll let you talk about it in a second. Something that we watched, um, but doesn't really fall within our time frame. It was kind of more in that reruns era, and so we didn't really want to count it. However, these Halloween episodes were so iconic, and um, and I wanted to talk about the show at some point, so I figured... Now is the time. I ran off all the things last week. I didn't pick Monster House. I also forgot. I almost picked Corpse Bride last week. I don't know if you ever saw Corpse Bride. Oh. Okay, good thing I didn't pick it. Um, but yeah, so I chose the Roseanne Halloween episodes. I want you to tell me, did you ever watch Roseanne? I did watch Roseanne. I loved all of those family sitcoms. Reba, Growing Pains, King of Queens, um... Roseanne, what am I missing here? Um, uh, yeah, the Cosby Show, which uh, yeah, everybody loves Raymond. Um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, everybody hates Chris. Kind, I mean, that's I feel like less on the realistic side. Um, Eight Simple Rules. For oh, my teenage I do kind of remember Eight Simple Rules. I also remember watching like very very seldom reruns of Third Rock from the Sun. Um, but like, I loved, I loved that shit. Reba was my number one. Um, I would say Roseanne might've been my number one for a while, but Reba was really like, I just, I still love Reba. If it's on and I happen to be scrolling on a guide, which is very rare, I will put it on. I, Cause I, I freaking love Reba. Um, but I did watch Roseanne. Roseanne was a popular one in my house. I think my grandpa liked watching it. My mom liked watching it. I liked watching it. Um, it was fun. It was really fun. It was on for a really long time. I love shows that like keep the same cast and they just totally grow up. Well, not anymore, but we'll get to that. Yes, I, I'm talking about in the original run of the show. Uh, Becky got replaced at one point. Becky. Oh, I do remember that. She was like a different actress, but then the original Becky came back, and she's been the same Becky ever since. But there was like one or two seasons in the middle where it was a different actress. But otherwise, yeah. Um, but mostly the same. Like you see Jake grow all the way up, and you see um. Uh, Darlene grow all the way up and I think that that's really cool like um, watching the the Halloween episodes is really nostalgic I didn't have like the biggest memory of the Halloween episodes specifically um, but once they started playing I was like okay no I do kind of remember this I don't know if I watched them like on Halloween though or like if I did it was because I was just like watching TV that was on and they were playing Halloween episodes but it wasn't like Oh, gosh, I need to see the new Roseanne Halloween episode. I also, one of the reasons why I wanted to do K&W Cafeteria is doesn't it seem like the kind of place that the Connors would go to? Yes. And it seems like a place that Roseanne would, like, love. Like, I think it seems like Roseanne would love it in, like, a joking way. And the kids would absolutely hate it. I think Jake would like it. Darlene would hate it. Well, Dan would love it, of course. Yeah, I mean, that goes... Dan will love just about anywhere, I think. <laughs> Respectfully. I love that man. Okay, let's um, let's address the elephant in the room about Roseanne. So, Roseanne, uh, as a person, Roseanne Barr, clearly has just, in the past 10 years or so, she's just gone off the deep end. Um, she was always kind of a loose cannon and always kind of... Um, progressive in terms of like comedy and the things that she would talk about and you know her her 
comedic persona was of a woman who was not um, a housekeeper, uh, not very feminine. You know, she burped, she scratched her butt, um, I very iconically scratched her ass in the middle of uh, butchering the national anthem at, I think, like a World Series game or something. Um, so, she, you know, she would always kind of pushing people's buttons, always trying to kind of bust out of this mold. Um, and for a long time, was really successful at that. I mean, like one of Johnny Carson's favorite uh, comedians ever to be on his show. Obviously, the show was a mega hit. Um, uh, very, very good at that thing for a long time. I think that uh, number one, people change. That's very clear. Uh, number two, I think that uh, the person that she is and was was kind of funny for a long time. And then the more she fell down that rabbit hole and um, sort of unable to control herself on Twitter and felt the need to put her political opinions out there, which, which you know, I'm not one of those people that says celebrities can't, you know, you know stop talking about environmental rights during your Oscar speech. I don't feel that way whatsoever. I think people can talk about whatever they want to talk about. Um, I don't, I'm not one of those, just, just get back to your movies kind of people. I think that those people are, are ridiculous. Roseanne though, um, obviously, um, an opinion that not many people agree with, obviously not, a, uh, many people in, in Hollywood agree with and, you know, sort of just exiled herself, um, from this show. So when they brought it back many years later, I think that she did like a season. I could be wrong. I'm going to double check that. Um, but then got booted for, for, you know, just, I don't, I don't remember specifically and I, and I should have checked before right now and I'm going to check right now as, as I go, I don't remember if there was a specific one incident that booted her off. All right, I'm going to hand it to you because you seem to know. I don't know, but I think they kill her off, which I think was another like huge source of controversy because people were like, if you don't want her on the show, sure, fair enough. But you can't kill her off. Like, the show is called Roseanne. Like, how can you just kill her off? Again, people who think, you know, your your opinions should not impact your status in Hollywood, um, you know, just felt like it was disrespectful to her. There was a specific moment. Now that I'm reading this, I do remember that she said hurtful things about Valerie Jarrett, who was um, an advisor to Barack Obama some some racist things and she went on this whole rant one day and she had already signed on for this new season she did not make an episode they bumped her they changed the name to the connors none of the new reboot of the show ever had roseanne on it uh and you're right they they, they killed her off um and that's i think no i don't know uh the point is it's sad to see because roseanne i think as a show was an accomplishment it was a show about people who were not rich. It was a show about people who were not, um, like, very successful um, in terms of just life. You know, um, uh, I, I just, I'm like they're they're poor. You know, they're working class people. There's a lot of episodes of them worrying about paying bills and trying to get their next job and being out of work for a while. And that was not a, a very common thing. Right. Um, you have a lot of shows like some that you mentioned, Cosby Show. He's a doctor. They're rich. Right. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. 
they're rich, right? Um, even some of these more middle-class shows, like Married with Children, I don't think that those shows ever really addressed uh, money, really, you know? Roseanne, like, they were poor. And um, they were sort of that, like, lower middle class. We kind of think that we're middle class. We act like we're middle class, but we're kind of not. Um, you know, he worked on cars. She was a waitress at a diner. Um, and that's, that is a, an honest thing. And I think that that represented a lot of people. And I think that uh, I've never seen the Connors. Um, I'm sure that that show continues to do similar things, right? Um, it is a shame that the person who spearheaded all those things um, can no longer be representative of that and get that credit. But, you know, she's she's lost it. I, I don't know how else to put it. And um, and maybe this is the person she always was. Maybe maybe it wasn't. Um, but but regardless, it's a shame. And um, wanted to get that out of the way. Obviously, you know, there's always the, can you separate the art from the artist kind of thing. Well, the show made that decision for us, right? She's no longer around. Um, but, you know, the show from the 80s and 90s is is, is still preserved. And uh, I think a very interesting artifact of, of you know, sitcom comedy history. Yeah, I was actually just reading because I've never seen like an episode of The Connors. I was not one of those people like, although I remember Roseanne really fondly, I was not like, oh, my God, this is coming back. I can't wait to watch it. Um, same thing with like Fuller House. I was obsessed, obsessed with Full House. It's another one of those family, um, family shows. I was just thinking and I was like, trying to think of a couple more. Full House. George Lopez, which was my favorite, I think, actually, out of all of them. I think maybe even above Reba. Um, but anyways, you're right. Like, this show represented what, honestly, most of America looks like, that lower to middle class. And we don't have to get on, you know, the we don't need to tell you why America is mostly lower to middle class. Um, but it does. It was, it was very representative of so many families. And um, there was also just, like, a lot of... Um, you know, like, Becky had trouble in her dating life, you know, she wasn't just a married aunt with no problems, you know, like, they, they dealt with real things, and I remember the show fondly, um, but I will say, the show, maybe, and, you know, again, separating the art from the artist, it's hard looking back on this show knowing the things we know now, right, especially because Roseanne was always so brash and was always so um, atypical of the sort of like, you know, sitcom mom stereotype. Like when you think about like Becky from Full House, like she's put together, she's, you know, polite, she's ladylike, she's, uh, you know, an on-air personality for Wake Up San Francisco. Like she is, she's girly, she's feminine, like she's all of these things that the traditional American mother is portrayed as in TV shows. So it's hard knowing what we know now about Roseanne and then seeing her play the super brash character. And I do think like I appreciated it for what it was then, but in general, she kind of annoyed me this go around. I, I don't know. I felt like I didn't align with the humor as much as I did as a kid. I, I find her very likable in this show. And I also think that her chemistry with, John Goodman is insane. I mean, they're like, you know, you get good pairings all the time. You know, John Stamos and whatever her name was that played on. Lori Laughlin. Thank you. They were fine. They were cute together, right? Um, okay, I would argue they're more than cute, but we don't need to get into Lori Laughlin on this podcast. Although I'm sure one day we'll talk about her. 
you get the idea. Uh, I think that they, I think that Roseanne and and John just have all timer chemistry. I agree. I think that they just really elevate each other. I think that they just worked in such a way that they um, they clearly made each other better. Roseanne, she's not an actress. She's not right. John Goodman was not a well known. Uh, he wasn't known at all right before this show. Um, they just did. They just worked with each other in a way that just made it's sort of like a, a better than a sum of its parts kind of thing. Um, and you can tell that they just like truly love each other so much, like in real life, and and have that bond in real life. And it really like I, I, I want to stop addressing this at some point. We just talk about Halloween episodes, but it really is a shame that like you know that who Roseanne become really broke John Goodman's heart, right? Because they had something that is just like impossible to recreate. It's impossible to um, um, manufacture. They just, they just had that sort of all timer kind of chemistry. And um, yeah, I find the two of them just so unbelievably charming. In fact, to the point where Lori Metcalf, who I like, I like just fine. Um, I've liked her in everything I've ever seen her in. Um, she almost like, she's like a bump on a log on the show to me because I think the two of them are so good together. I didn't even realize that was Lori Metcalf. I don't know why. I think because I just know her as Becky in this. And then every time I have, every other time I see her, I go, that's Lori Metcalf. That's so funny. Um, but you're right. And not only did they have this like instant chemistry that was great from the beginning, but they continued to build that for what, over a decade? Um, nine years. And so, yeah, you know, it's crazy. I, I agree. I think that their chemistry is incredible. I honestly think that the chemistry of the whole class of the whole cast is really great. I think what I I found, I should, I should rephrase. I did not find her annoying. I think I found the constant punchlines annoying, which if you give me five minutes of your time to talk about the things that I don't like in stand-up comedy, the first thing that I will tell you is I hate that kind of setup punchline, setup punchline, setup punchline, repeat. Um, I, I like stories. I like just like organic humor. That's my style. And this is very setup punchline. Um, and because Roseanne is the comedian and she is often in doing those, um, I found that it just was a little like tiring. I don't know what to say. Um, I don't know. Like it's maybe they were really hamming it up for the, um, Halloween episodes, but I just found the energy was so high constantly for like some, some long portions. And that was like, just like overwhelming to me. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. So the Halloween episodes, you said you didn't really remember those specifically. But I, I mean, like I kind of do. I, I remembered them existing. And once you told me, oh, you don't remember that they take it really seriously and they like do it in the house. I was like, oh, wait, no, I do kind of remember that. But I, I don't think I could have been like, they did this one year and this costume one year. And then do you remember this plot? Like, I, I couldn't have told you that. Um, also didn't remember George Clooney being on like a damn i was just unobservant well also you were a kid you might not have really known who it was he was also only on like a season or two i don't think he he was on for super long fair enough but i was like whoa what's he doing on here um so yeah i mean i i'll let you talk about your feelings first and then i'll go ahead and share so really for me it was that season one episode i think i remembered all of the halloween episodes like as being like that season one episode 
we didn't watch them all, so maybe they kind of go back to that. But like the setting up the haunted house in their um, in their house, right? Having the smoke and mirrors and the crazy elaborate costumes. Dan's got the the axe to the head, and he goes, "Oh, I've got a splitting headache." That's a funny joke, right? That's a good joke. Um, they've got the little boy. He's he's mouthing his lines to Dan's voice on his CD player. That's clever stuff, you know. Jackie's head um, underneath the whatever you call that thing, serving whatever the serving plate platter. Yeah, exactly. Um, like setting up their entire place like a haunted house is what I remembered every episode being. And so, really, for me, it was like that season one episode where like they just they just hustle the kids into the haunted house, and as soon as some get through and they get their candy, they start it over again. Um, I just I think that's so cute. I think it's so cute, and like that's part of their like they just work so well together and this is just a great example of just like that that bit they just all pull off even you, you know even jake little boy they just all pull off like perfectly because you just believe them as this family you believe them coming up with this having fun with this and just like doing fun stuff together yeah it was really special for me watching this in roanoke with you because i said before in kind of our halloween palooza that's going on right now our spooktacular that halloween was not big for me like i have i had traditions buying my costume i had traditions going trick-or-treating but i didn't do much to prep for the season i didn't do much other than decorating our yard and going trick-or-treating that was you know additional uh festivities um, you had a very different childhood. You, you, you and your mom still like is, would you say Halloween is your favorite holiday? I mean, I think it's just like, it's automatic that Christmas is the best holiday. I just think that that's like, you can't count Christmas, right? Assuming you celebrate. Yes. Um, otherwise it's, yeah, it's Halloween. Yeah. See, that just wouldn't even like, I, I don't know. It just wouldn't, like, occur to me. And for the holiday sucks. I mean, it's like, it's Christmas, little gap, Halloween, huge gap, and then, like, I, I don't even know, 4th of July? And that's more and more problematic every year. My other favorite holiday is on December 2nd. Oh, of course, your birthday. Thanksgiving, like, I, I we have some Thanksgiving traditions, but I don't like Thanksgiving food. See, that's what I was going to say. Like, for me... I, I, I don't, I hate coming on here and being like, I love Thanksgiving. Obviously Thanksgiving is incredibly, horrifically problematic. Um, I think there are things about it. And I'm like, yeah, obviously like the quote unquote pilgrims and Indians thing is problematic, but there are things about like sitting down and being thankful for the things that you have and coming together with your family and like all of those things. Like, yeah, maybe the history of it is problematic, but like it could be its own thing. Yeah. And so for me, I mean, you can feel the same way about Christmas. Like, you can be, like, you know, maybe where this came from, I don't feel that kind of way. But the idea of um, telling people that I love them, being with my family and friends, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, your blood family or another family, giving people gifts, like, just being generous. Like, those are things that don't have to do with, like, the, you know, the uh, origin of the holiday. For me, and... This is actually a revelation that I'm having right now organically in this moment, kind of reflecting on this. I think for me what it came down to in terms of favorite holidays are the holidays that I spent with my cousins at my Amy's house. I spent Christmas and Thanksgiving there, and I loved spending time with my family. I loved eating my Amy's food. I loved, um, you know, when extended family would come to visit around those holidays, and I did not spend 
Halloween with them. It just wasn't something that I did. And so I think, like, now looking back, that's what it, it boils down to. And it's not the same anymore. You know, it's not – it's – I don't – Patrick and I actually do our own Thanksgiving. We've kind of abandoned the traditional Thanksgiving where we travel to our indip- individual homes. We do our own thing um, because traditionally pa- Patrick and I haven't celebrated Christmas together because we each have wanted to go celebrate for our families. But, like, yeah, I think th- those are my, my two. I, I like – um, I love Thanksgiving food. I love Thanksgiving food. Um, and so Halloween, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I especially loved it as a kid. But it just, I think it just felt like one day for me. Don't the Connors make it look like so much fun, though? They do. And I, I will say, like, this is going to sound really cheesy, but like I said, watching this in Roanoke with you and your mom and walking around the neighborhood with you this past weekend and being and you being so excited about like the blow ups and the the Halloween decorations it made me think like I'm excited for my kids not to see Halloween as just one silly day like I did growing up like I'm really excited to um like have an exciting Halloween set of traditions with you I want Halloween to feel like the way that the Connors make it feel I think that that's a really great thing to strive for. That that's really all that I have. I mean, um, I just I think that they're just a ton of fun, right? Obviously, the show is what it is now. The legacy is what it what it is now. That's a shame. I think what it was was very sharp, very funny, very ahead of its time, very honest, and in in the case of these Halloween episodes uh, specifically, very fun. And very joyous and very goofy. Even in some of the episodes that we watched where, like, they were dealing with problems. Like, they still had crazy costumes, which, like, you can think of Dan's wearing his Three Stooges costume. That took a long time to come up with, make, try on, fix. You know, like, you you can you, you see the backstory here. Like, you see them thinking about Halloween for a long time and it being an important thing to them. So just kind of like the idea that Roseanne, like, carved out um, – having the Halloween special. Like a lot of shows, they did their Christmas special. Maybe they did New Year's thing. I remember some uh, Friends Thanksgiving episodes, right? Uh, but for Roseanne, like their meat and potatoes was was Halloween for like for like all those reasons. And um, yeah, I think that that's, that's really fun and special. And speaking of ahead of its time, um, one of the episodes that we watched, I was shocked to hear them talk about gender roles and uh clothing having a gender there's it's really kind of eerie almost to watch retrospectively have we not been calling the boy dj the entire episode did we call him something else yeah i think we did i don't know what we called him though like i just thought like oh yeah dj wears a dress and then i was like we have not said the word dj at all in the past half hour what did we call him i jake who okay who's jake is jake the actor's name jake is a little boy in something else i'm thinking i'm so sorry i don't know why we've been calling him jake but i mean it's a little boy name is jake the is jake a boy in reba yes jake is a little boy in reba i'm so sorry my mind is always on miss reba mcintyre i'm a survivor okay um that's so funny um yeah jake is definitely the little boy (laughs) dj dj connor people are probably listening to this episode and being like what the hell is going on um dj there is an episode that is kind of eerie to watch in in retrospect in which um dj wants to be a witch 
for Halloween. Not a warlock, not a wizard, a witch. And I don't even think he wears like a dress, but he wears a witch's hat and he wants to carry a broom. And he, I think, and he wears a witch nose. And it's very clear because of those three distinctive things that he is a witch and not a warlock and not a wizard. And Dan is really upset by this. And he says, like, come on, dude. Like, you gotta, you, you can't be a witch. Like, that's what girls are. Girls are witches. And he's like, but I want to be a witch. And he's like, no, seriously, like, come on, give me the broom. Give me the nose. Uh, and then he's like, no, dad, like, I, I want to be a witch. And Roseanne is like, come on, Dan, who cares? Let the boy be a witch. He wants to be a witch. I'm just happy he's excited. And Dan really, really struggles with it. And there are, like, several conversations throughout the show in which Roseanne tells Dan, don't worry about it. Let the boy, you know, do what he wants. And Dan just struggles and struggles and struggles with this. And, you know, other people are like, why is your boy a witch? And he's like, God, I don't know. And then they kiss, they make up. He doesn't care who his son is. He's just happy that he's happy. And wow, very weird to watch in retrospect. The show's pretty dope. It is. I mean, I think that there are a lot of... No show is perfect, but I think that, you know, the sh you can't say that Roseanne was not ahead of its time and didn't have redeemable qualities, you know? Um, I just, and I, I, that's another reason why, like, I'm not making excuses for Roseanne by any means, but because of situations like that and storylines like that on the show, I just can't help but think, like, did she just really, like, did she really always have this in her? Was she always you know, racist. Um, I, I, I don't actually want to say that. I'm going to take that back because I don't think racism is something you can become. I think that that comes from obviously deep seated feelings that maybe people push under and don't recognize. And that's where, um, those microaggressions that turn into aggressions come. Um, so I'm going to take that back. My apologies. But was she always as off the deep end as she is now? I don't know, because would she have been involved with a show that was telling those storylines? I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough one, and you know, it's one of those things that just like, as I would call myself a fan of the original show, you kind of have to deal with. Um, it it is you know it is what it is. That's that's how things are going to age. Sometimes that's how people are going to age. Sometimes, and um, it's it's it stinks. It really does. That's one of the things that we're going to address in this show, and and we have addressed and will address is like, the people behind the thing can ruin the thing. Um, I don't think that uh, modern-day Roseanne has ruined 80s and 90s Roseanne, um, but it definitely puts a stink on it, um, especially – and that's so unfortunate because that blemish is on top of what I think is just a, a really, really strong show. That's also just like really funny and well-written and, and really charming. I agree. Like, I genuinely think it's really funny. And like I said, my kind of humor is not set up punchline-y. I can recognize that they are skilled and well-crafted setup punchlines. And so I like it is it is a really great show. I think it tackles some really important things. I think it represents a huge portion of America that was not always represented on television despite being one of the largest portions of America. I think that the chemistry between the entire cast, but especially John Goodman and Roseanne is completely unbeatable. Um and yeah. Such a such a weird one. It's always you know, people say never meet your heroes, they'll disappoint you. Sometimes it's like, ugh, don't look into your favorite TV shows. It'll disappoint you. So, Taylor, next week, 
we have stolen one of your Halloween picks. That's okay, Patrick. Because we are having our very first British invasion episode. We've gotten to the point now where a bunch of our film Twitter friends are from across the pond. They watched different things than us growing up. Not always, but often um, different shows and such. And so we are having our first guest. I think it's our first Why Do Kids guest, if I'm not. Yeah, I think so. Our first guest on the show uh, to... Um, she's going to bring up one of her childhood favorites. It's a little spooky, a little seasonal. Um, we're not going to say what that is right now. We're going to wait for it to appear next week because it's not up to us. It's up to her to introduce it. And and we're definitely looking forward to that. In the meantime, go on over to FeaturePresentationVideo.com. Put in your email address. Check out all the fun, spooktacular stuff We've been working on recently, last week, the John Carpenter's double feature uh, column that I wrote. One of our biggest of the year so far in terms of numbers. It's been really fun. Got a lot of great reactions to that, and, and I've, I've appreciated that very much. You're going to want to check that out. Talking about the Halloween series later on this week. Um, we've got uh, the double feature episodes of the Feature Presentation Podcast. Lots of great October stuff for you. The Vince Vaughnathon is still rolling. Head over to the Vince Vaughnathon where we're watching every single Vince Vaughn movie. We're still working on that. And uh, yeah, we're, we're always chugging. Ooh, take a breath after that, Patrick. It's a lot. We're doing a lot. We're busy. We're busy people because we love connecting with you guys. We love making content for you. And we're not stopping anytime soon, not slowing down anytime soon. Um, so thank you so much. If you made it this far, thank you for always tuning in. We are so grateful for you. Um, you can find me online at uh, Taylor Malone on Letterboxd. If you're interested to know what we're watching, like Patrick said, we're watching a lot of Halloween stuff. And if you're curious to know my opinions before they come out, either on the podcast or in an article, you can find me on Letterboxd at, once again, Taylor Malone. And then you can find me on Twitter at Mailer Talone. I'm at Patrick J. Regal, everywhere you find people online. This show is, of course, at Y2KidsPod. You can also email us, Y2KidsPod at gmail.com. Let us know any ideas you have for show, snacks, games, all that kind of stuff. But at the main hub, of course, FeaturePresentationVideo.com. Put your email address in. We're going to send you everything that we ever do for free. No paywall. Of course not. Lots of fun stuff. You've already rated the show five stars. Left a nice review wherever you listen to your podcast. And you're going to also listen to it on FeaturePresentationVideo.com. Please let us know what you have been watching. Have you revisited any of your favorite spooktacular episodes or movies this Halloween season? Let us know on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Taylor. And I'm Patrick. And we'll see you next week. See you then.